0: Welcome to Growing Potatoes Podcast, where we cover all things love, dating, and married life.
1: We're your newlywed hosts, Keegan and Faith Von again.
0: You're listening to episode five. We are so happy to be back on the mic we missed you guys last week. Sorry for that uh, little mini vacation. We are rolling into full-time work together and still learning to time manage with with everything, right, babe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we apologize for that, and we're so happy that we're back with you guys. We missed you. We know you missed us. We had some people reach out to us saying, when's the next episode coming what's going on
1: it's here baby it's here
0: yeah we're we're back and we're here to deliver
1: we just want to thank everyone for their ratings and comments and encourage anyone who hasn't subscribed to go ahead and subscribe and share it with your friends we'd love to spread the word about our podcast
0: yes if you've enjoyed growing potatoes um, at any length, please, please, please leave us a rating, share it with your friends and have them leave ratings too. Just the more ratings we get, the more, um, available that this podcast gets and the more people that are helped and encouraged.
1: Yeah. Should we jump into our spud moment?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. This week's spud moment, um, once again happened on our honeymoon, which was a More
1: honeymoon craziness. H-
0: our whole honeymoon was a spud moment. So <laughs> <laughs> we were hopping from embarrassment to embarrassment, um, and just experience to experience that kind of got worse as time progressed in our honeymoon. We had a great time and we laughed about it and honestly, um, they probably helped us bond quicker than just having a super serene and romantic um honeymoon but things got crazy yeah things got crazy such
1: as our spud moment for today where we so we went to mexico yeah went Went to to puerto vallarta yeah got to stay at an all-inclusive resort um and they had a pool party day where everyone at the resort could come down to the pool it was on the side of the beach um, cause the, the hotel had a private beach and they had what was called a foam party. Yeah. So they filled up the pool with foam.
0: And I like grew up my whole life in California seeing like foam party advertisements on like stapled to the, the like streetlight pole. <laughs> and so as a kid it was like, yeah, these things are probably really fun. So we are like, we'll probably never go to a foam party in our life besides right now so let's just check it out <laughs> yep
1: yeah, so they when they said fill up it it got full it exploded with foam bubbles everywhere and we were just standing at the side of the pool watching this thing get bigger and bigger as the foam just grew to like twice my height it was just like yeah
0: it was, like, an infinity pool, so, like, the foam was falling into the sand, like, out over the edge. It was just... And the pool's, yeah, filled with kids. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah.
1: And they're like, go! And so he's like, all right, let's jump yeah, let's in. do
0: it. We were contemplating, because she's are like, ooh, it's kind of full. You know, we're like, it actually looks kind of fun. So
1: we cannonballed in.
0: No. It was like a four-foot pool. Okay. <laughs>
1: we stepped gingerly in.
0: And we just like, you know, started playing in the foam and stuff, just having a good time, swimming around, And then trying we, to avoid hitting a kid. <laughs> we
1: realized something. The, yeah. The deadly secret of the foam party.
0: It like got dangerously um, crowded and thick with foam. Like every centimeter of the pool had like a four- Three to four foot like
1: wall of foam. Wall of
0: foam that just covered the entire pool. And it was like no matter where you went in the pool, you were in foam and you couldn't breathe. Yeah, we it started like, not
1: being able to see, not being yeah. able to breathe. We lost each other. We yeah. found each other, then we it lost was each other again.
0: So scary. Like it was like being it's you know when you drive in fog early in the morning, it's like that but thick bubble bath filling foam that you can't breathe in. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I lost Keegan, I was lost too. I would go under the water, you know, swim, pop my head out of the water and you'd be consumed like in another pile of foam. And so you couldn't breathe. And so you'd go down, swim more, trying to find the edge of the pool. I literally thought I was going to die for a second. Like There was times where I
1: really actually panicked in there.
0: And you couldn't, You. it's like you were just looking for some form of human life. <laughs> yeah,
1: you'd pass like random people like coming in and out of your vision as you like try to make your way through it. I had to walk backwards so that my <laughs> back could break a, a path into the foam and that my mouth could have some, some air pathway to have some actual clean air to breathe i
0: wasn't that strategic i was just suffering oh no (laughs) and i like there was this area of the pool where there was like a crowd of people that had just like (laughs) walked out of the foam and so i i walked out of the foam into them and like they like splashed water on me or whatever and then i looked it was like we were all staring into this wall of foam and suddenly like human figures with foam surrounding them would like come out and (laughs) everyone would splash them with water to hurry up and clear their (laughs) like face of the foam and it was kind of scary like everyone was kind of like freaking out (laughs) like yelling for people and stuff so bad
1: that's the story of how our fun idea of a foam party turned into a nightmare it was traumatic. <laughs> it
0: was like like just the thought of feel, going underwater, coming up out of water, thinking you'll be able to breathe, and you still feel like you're underwater. Yeah, it's really scary.
1: So won't be doing that again anytime soon. No,
0: we we eventually found each other and got out. And yeah. we were like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it started out fun, but. It got scary. We were like, let's just go sit on the beach instead. I'm pretty sure these are illegal in other <laughs> other countries. They should be. Yeah, but that is forever one of our honeymoon spud moments. Yep, spud moment. Yeah. It was a group spud moment, though. The whole like resort was... I don't know who thought of it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway today on episode five we will actually be starting kind of a series we don't know how many parts it'll have we just when we got to talking about what we want to talk about we realized it's a lot of information yeah um really good information and so instead of just trying to cram it all into one episode we just kind of want to spread it out go deep Give
1: give us time to go into it and what is that subject
0: yeah the whole concept of staying together Now, obviously, Keegan and I have only been married for like a year and a half. We've not been married for 20 years, 15 years. One year is all we've been together for.
1: Yes, there's couples who have stayed together far longer than us.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we're definitely staying together for a lifetime. But we just kind of wanted, in terms of staying together, we just want to talk about those things that have brought us closer together and are kind of our proactive ways and plans of how... um, We're just staying one in mind, body, and spirit and um, just pursuing a life of being together and turning towards each other and becoming closer um, with each day. Mm -hmm. So this is staying together part one.
1: Part one about communication and what kind of communication helps you stay together.
0: Yeah, we were on a beautiful walk this evening just talking about... um, communication and we just realized that communication is something we are always working towards um, improving all the time 24-7 and we're always communicating 24-7 no matter what um, both if it if it's verbal or non-verbal whether we're present even our absence of presence is communicating something um, and so we just realized that communication is kind of um, what makes or breaks a relationship, both in its satisfaction and its length. Um, Healthy communication is what brings you close together. And um, we just want to share some things that we've learned, some things we've had to work on to improve with communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we've found helpful for improving our communication and just being um being open and honest with each other
1: yeah because communication is like an extension of who we are we we were talking before the show that we think communication involves how we see ourselves as well as how we see the person that we're communicating with
0: yeah and keegan and i communicate extremely differently um I'm very I'm huge about nonverbals. I'm huge about <laughs> um just being very open and honest and Keegan's so sweet and so kind and I think um one thing that's changed about our communication a lot from like dating to marriage is that he's been more open and honest about his emotions and um we're less worried about, you know, hurting each other's feelings because we've built that trust that, you know, no matter what, this person's staying with me until the day I die. And so communication really, um, is fostered in trust and respect and, um, depends on the security of that relationship.
1: So Faith, would you say that people's ways of communicating that it changes over time.
0: I think it does change over time and I think it honestly changes as we learn more about ourselves and uh, um learn more about the person we're trying to effectively communicate with. Um and I think it really has to do the biggest change in communication is a change of heart, change of perspective. Um, and a change of habits if we grew up watching and listening to our parents communicate to each other a certain way whether that was through arguing and bickering um, or manipulative or um, the opposite of that we had never heard our parents argue like our a lot of the communication we've been surrounded with our entire life determines how we communicate with our significant other and with our spouse and so, Um, some of the learned behaviors that we have um, we might not even realize like oh wow I'm being manipulative oh wow my voice is raised my whole family this is the volume we talked at you know
1: (laughs) yes and whatever we do communication either brings us closer together or further away so we're all about uh, making sure that the communication we have is turning us towards each other and not turning us away So we came up with a list of some things that we think bring people together in communication and help, you know, feed your love and not tear it apart. Um, So let's go through that list.
0: Yeah. So one thing that we do that's actually really um, more recent but has just started the day off strong is we try to do a six second kiss every single morning. Sometimes it's right when we wake up. Sometimes it's just right before we uh, have breakfast. it's um, just whenever we remember, we try to start our day with communication. And communication. Physical communication. Yeah, physical communication. And it really does set the mood for our entire day. Right there from the m- moment we woke up, um, the moment we wake up, we're just completely... Um, reminding ourselves that we love the person we woke up next to.
1: Next on the list is seeking to understand and listen. We really try to listen um, as much as we talk just so that we are fully present for the other and um, understanding what they're saying.
0: Yeah, we've all heard that there's a difference between hearing and listening and that listening, you should be able to repeat back to them what they're saying and understand, you know, what what exactly emotions they're feeling. It really um, is important to have empathy um, when communicating with your significant other because that person um, means a lot to you. And sometimes when uh, the communication might be in a more tense place, it's so easy to just think about what we're trying to say next. Um, but true listening, whether that be,, um, for instance, Keegan, like he is not as talkative as I am. and so I know when he gets very passionate about a subject, I really need to listen because I just keep talking
1: and talking and talking more than I have ever talked in the whole week.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's rare, and so I'm. I realize, wow, he's talking a lot about this subject. He doesn't talk a lot about <laughs> many things unless he's extremely passionate. And so, in that moment, if I were not to like sit and give him my undivided attention, he'd be very hurt. You'd be hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just. I don't know. I know speaking for him is a sacrifice. Even speaking on this podcast, after every podcast I'm always like, Keegan, I'm so thankful that you did this podcast with me. I know talking is not your thing. You'd much rather write everything. But And
1: for me, I have to work on my listening when Faith is asking me to do something for her. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I, I am like, wait, what did she just say? And I just agreed to it and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm like Faith. What did you say? I wasn't listening, and you'll have to repeat. So I just have to make sure that I'm listening for your voice at all times, not in my own little world, but here on Earth, just listening mm-hmm. for the wife of the the voice of my wife.
0: Yes, and honestly, cell phones have not helped our generation with listening at all. Um, we're so <laughs> distracted, and even the new iPhone update, you can now FaceTime and be on your phone. The second I realized that was on my phone, now I was like, great. Now I really have to focus on (laughs) FaceTiming the person and not being distracted or tempted to go into my phone and get on other things because now it won't say, you know, paused. They'll still see my face and I could be distracted talking to them. And so if you're in a conversation with your partner, be fully present because Life's too short to not be fully present.
1: Yep. And another communication practice that brings us closer together is laughing it out and not taking ourselves too seriously. We try to um, just laugh about our arguments and just end everything with laughs and giggles and not not be too serious about it all.
0: Yeah, we have a hard time being slash staying mad at each other it's so hard for us to stay mad at each other because all one the other person is to do is do something f- not even funny they just have to l- they just look have to at- try to be funny yeah just they just <laughs> i don't even know the keegan just looks at me sometimes right after i've been mad at him about something and i'm like why do you do this and i just start laughing and he starts <laughs> laughing and we just we don't take each other seriously or ourselves seriously but we we take our relationship seriously and so humor really helps lighten up um, conflict and anger and yeah, it's good, it's good um, Another thing we do often is reflect on our communication. we're always asking each other like did what I said earlier today come off as um, like, I don't know, overbearing or demanding because I wasn't trying to be demanding. Like there's moments where Keegan has come up to me and asked me or he asked for my forgiveness for something that I didn't even take offensively in any way whatsoever. And he was just wanting to make sure like and ask me, did how I say this earlier come off as, you know, snappy? And I was like, no, I'm not at all. Well, um,
1: that leads into another point, which uh, we often try to do is ask for forgiveness and easily forgive each other. We fo- are firm believers in just forgiving and forgetting. We will forgive each other and then we're really good at quickly forgetting the the slights or the um, whatever little things made us mad. We just, we willingly forget it and we keep moving on with, with just our relationship.
0: Yeah, I honestly can't tell you what our biggest argument has been or the last time we got really mad at each other. We we were really good at forgetting. He'll bring up like moments of tension we had and like, what actually happened? He's like, yeah, you don't remember? We are really good at forgetting um, just any arguments or tension we had because we're just so focused on um, our love for each other on what that person is doing in the moment, present right now, not what they did in the past, not what we think they're going to do in the future. Just being extremely present with um, our partner and with each other and trying to completely understand so we can completely forgive.
1: That's good, babe. That's good.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Um, And that kind of leads into something else uh, that used to be really hard, I think, for both of us when we were dating because we were so, um, cautious of hurting the other person's feelings. Um, but we now being married, we definitely confront each other about, um, moments where our communication lacked or failed or our expectations weren't met. Um, and so, uh, it is extremely important to voice, um, Anytime that you might feel like your partner is not understanding you or avoiding, anytime that the communication on uh, your partner's side is making you want to turn away, rather turn towards them, it's really important to um, bring that up and if there's not confrontation in a relationship um, it's usually because one person is always complying and just stuffing away their emotions, and it's so important that within confrontation, if you don't have this foundation of trust and respect for each other, um, that might be one of the reasons why your partner is not wanting to confront you about um, how they might feel disrespected in any way, or just are not having their needs met, needs met. If you if they've tried to confront you before about something and you went off on them or you just kind of ignored them you said you were going to do something to fix and you didn't it's kind of just giving them a reason to not bring it up again or to not try again because um they it takes a lot of vulnerability and a lot of courage to confront someone you love about something and so if you aren't creating a environment a safe environment for that person to do that you're harming your relationship and so um one thing we also do is we we like to like take communication to the lord and ask him to reveal to us what shortcomings we might have, what weaknesses we might have that we're not realizing as well because it's so easy to um to keep the habits we've had our entire life and Um, if we don't know what we're doing, we don't know what we don't know. And so it really does take being in a relationship, um, an intimate relationship to realize that there's bad habits we have communicatively. It's so easy to live by yourself (laughs) because all you do is communicate with yourself and your coworkers and maybe your parents. And that's a very different type of communication, um, than between you and a spouse and you and a partner. And so um, it's extremely important that the environment that you create um, is different than that with your boss or with your with your parents because um, this is someone you're trying to build a life with. And it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> it's okay to, to have flaws and to reveal them to this person. Um,
1: yeah, that's really important. You said that well. Good job.
0: Thank you.
1: I like the way you're communicating right now. <laughs> so that was the uh, just some of the things that we do to bring our communication closer and bring bring us closer in communication. Um, and then we've been reading a little bit about the things that uh, t- bring couples apart in communication. And one of the things we found in our research was... Um, gottman's four horsemen this is by john gottman it's a list of four things that he calls the four horsemen that really drive a wedge in a relationship when it comes to communication so the first one
0: well first i just wanted to say that gottman is um kind of like a love psychologist that uh, got really popular for predicting um relationships that would last and relationships that wouldn't and this were these were four of his predictors that if these are present in a relationship, it's extremely likely that the relationship will not continue um, if these habits are not changed. So we just want to quickly go through Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse because that means they will bring ruin to your relationship. So the first one is criticism and criticism is attacking your partner's character rather than addressing um, or focusing on a certain behavior. Um, It's saying you're so slow, you're so lazy rather than when you drive to pick up the kids from school or to take the kids to school in the morning, it makes me feel like you don't care about getting them to school on time. So instead <laughs> instead of criticizing and attacking your partner's character, saying this is what's wrong with you, um the way you fix criticism is addressing what behavior needs to be changed
1: and using i statements rather than you statements yeah the next one is contempt um and that's expression of superiority um and that can come across through sarcasm cynicism name calling eye rolling even and that uh that undermines the sense of respect that you have. And so um, a way to combat that is to make sure that you're maintaining respect for your partner and in your relationship, building a culture of appreciation where you recognize how awesome your partner is.
0: Yeah, truly being thankful for who they are um and the third one is defensiveness it is kind of a self-protection mechanism um that one partner does by playing the victim and it's kind of a low-key way of blaming your partner um for things um and
1: yeah it can come across as like well i'm not the one who who took us in the wrong direction
0: it's not my fault we're always late yeah (laughs) <laughs> and so um defense and if ba- defensiveness basically um puts all of the blame on the other person and uh the way you combat that and the way you really fix that is by taking responsibility for at least a part of the conflict accepting responsibility yes i forgot to tell you last night that we were leaving at this time in the morning rather than just saying it's always your fault that we're like like
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fourth uh, of Gottman's Four Horsemen is stonewalling. And that is just seen by um, when one person withdraws from the conversation without addressing the issue or coming to um, any sort of finality. They just withdraw and stonewall away from their partner.
0: Yeah, I have definitely fallen captive to this. It kind of looks like the silent treatment, <laughs> or the cold just, shoulder. Yeah, the cold shoulder. Just okay. I just need space alone, and then you just never really come back, and you just kind of want them to, to feel the wrath of your silence and your and your um, distance. Mm-hmm.
1: And so Gottman says the way to, uh, to combat this one is to break maybe for twenty minutes maximum, but then come back together and make sure that you're not stonewalling permanently that that if you need a little break okay but make sure you come back and get some sort of closure and don't just ignore them and give them the cold shoulder
0: yeah resolve resolve your issues Mm, and resolution yeah and since i kind of struggled with this one um i kind of gave keegan a warning (laughs) when we got married do you remember what i told you Mm
1: -hmm. you said if i'm ever giving you the cold shoulder and acting like i don't want your attention or your presence just push in closer to me and don't go away press in because that's what actually i really want is for you to to press in and and be even more persistent
0: yeah I, I feel like especially as girls we really like indirect communication like we kind of just want the guy to know this is what you're supposed to do. And sometimes like, sometimes the guy doesn't always know. No most of the time the guy doesn't know. Okay <laughs> like, well
1: you gave me the key that's that's I don't always know but you gave me the key to yeah. understanding.
0: I just feel like girls really like to feel known and be known and we just want guys to be able to read our minds and do what we're thinking and i quickly learned with keegan that is in no way shape or form possible keegan is like the king of direct communication he hates indirect communication if i want him to do something for me i'm like yeah if you want to you can do it and He's like, oh, she doesn't want me to do it. Only if I want to and I don't want to. Like, he doesn't know that I'm hinting, hint, hint. I don't want you to, I don't want to have to force you to do this, but I want you to <laughs> to do this. And he's basically like, if you don't directly tell me you want I'll me to do this. You say it. Yeah, he makes me say it. And that's something I had to learn early on. It's like, this guy doesn't fully know me yet we'll get to a place eventually where he can possibly read my mind and he's he is getting there i'm getting there getting close one
1: of those crazy situations the other day huh
0: yeah he but um early on um it's it's very easy to just (laughs) kind of get mad because he's not picking up what you're indirectly dishing out
1: (laughs) and so that's why often it helps to give your partner as we say the key to crack your code maybe letting them know which one of these you often fall into and giving them the key to, okay, when I do this, this is how, this is how I need you to respond. Uh, Don't pay attention to how I'm acting. Don't pay attention to one of these four horsemen that I'm, that I'm showing just do this and we'll be able to communicate well.
0: Yeah. It really, it really works to be proactive rather than reactive and, Keegan's even shared some things with me, like, I don't like these certain words, I don't like uh when you use this certain tone or pitch, like very just being clear ahead of time. Hey, I have a history with this kind of communication, I hate being yelled at, like whatever it is, communicate that up front to keep you from being hurt. To keep your partner from overstepping a boundary that they didn't even know what was there or, you know, touching a wound um, that hasn't fully healed.
1: And then end it with a six second kiss. <laughs>
0: yeah, always. <laughs> um, So we, it's time for us to wrap up, but we just had so much more. We didn't even get to say. So I think we might com- continue some communication next week. What do you think?
1: Yep. On to part two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Definitely. Um, so thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope that we, um, helped you in some way, shape or form you and your partner to communicate clearly, effectively, um, and just to get closer together, to, um, grow rather than grow towards each other rather than grow away from each other. Um, and you know, just keep watering that, that potato plant.
1: (laughs) Yep. So our quote for today is by Gary Thomas from his book The Sacred Search and he says something short but profound. He says, A good marriage isn't something you find, it's something you make. So with that we just want to remind everyone that if they have a spUD moment that they want to share, um feel free to send it to us on our Instagram at Growing Potatoes. Also remember to leave a, a review, five star rate us on Apple Podcasts and